Hello and welcome to the podcast of the Prison Officers Association, the UK's largest professional union for prison, correctional and secure psychiatric workers with over 30,000 members. In this episode, we discuss what happens if a POA member is arrested, the circumstances in which such a thing might happen and the help that is available from the union's legal partners. Joining us is Emma Hume of Thompson Solicitors, who leads on this aspect of their work. We started off by talking about how and why POA members may find themselves being arrested. So Emma Hume from Thompson Solicitors, the providers of the POA's legal services, you're very welcome to this podcast. Hi, (laughs) morning. We're talking about the the criminal side of legal services and basically what POA members should do if they if they get arrested what are are they likely to get arrested for it's actually surprisingly common I think people always think oh I'm not going to be arrested I'm not going to find myself in that situation but for POA members we've represent in a wide range of circumstances so it can be anything from an allegation of assault so a, a restraint might have been carried out and the prisoner might say that it shouldn't have been carried out or they might say uh, that the prison officer has gone over the top uh, so that would lead to an assault allegation um, I've represented POA members for fraud allegations uh, in relation to overtime claims for example misconduct in a public office so conveying items in and out of prisons uh, right up to a gross negligence manslaughter where uh, a prisoner might have passed away and the conduct of the prison officer has been questioned my goodness so i mean that so prison officers are at quite high risk at any given point in time of falling foul even in a kind of technical minor unintentional way of uh, of a whole host of regulations yeah, so i mean how many kind of cases say a, a year do pass pass across your desk or pass across thompson's desks it's a huge number. I mean, I'm I'm the solicitor that covers the Midlands area, effectively. Um, we've got solicitors all over the country providing a, a service for, for the entire country, seven days a week, uh, 24 hours a day. I'd say I personally receive maybe three new POA referrals a week for interviews and a caution or arrests. And obviously my colleagues receive similar. So it's it's actually a, a really high number. Goodness. So yeah, 150 a year just in the Midlands patch. My goodness. Okay. So so let, let's let's get down to, to business. What should the POA member do if they are arrested? Okay, well, I mean, there's two ways that a person can be asked to attend for a police interview. The first way is to be arrested. So that's when, obviously, there's, there's the element of, of no pre-planning. They should simply ask the police to contact Thompson's. Uh, the police have a central database and we will receive a call. Uh, it doesn't matter what time of the day or night. Uh, we have a system where they'll be able to get hold of us at absolutely any time. If the police, uh, rather than dealing with it by way of arrest, but they ask for a voluntary interview under caution, uh, which is the other way an interview can take place, then the best thing is to contact the union and the union will then contact us, we'll receive the referral and we'll be able to to speak with a member that way. We do also have an out of office, we do have a a number that, that can be called I can provide that as well to you if that's helpful and again that that give us a call on that on that number if we are asked to attend for a voluntary interview but but via the union is always a good way to start okay so that so so 
they've been arrested or they've been asked to attend for a voluntary interview under caution. Thompson's yeah. have been contacted. What happens then? Do you and your your colleagues make sure there's someone always someone av- someone available to attend with the member when the interview takes place? Uh, what is there paperwork yeah, that needs to be filled in? Yeah. What what happens? Okay, I mean, there'll be some paperwork provided by the union, and obviously members will will complete that. Our jobs, obviously, these interviews can be very short notice, or indeed, there can be absolutely no notice whatsoever. But we will ensure that representation is provided. Everybody's entitled to free and independent legal advice at the police station, whether that's arrest or whether it's a voluntary interview under caution. Uh, and absolutely, yes, we'll provide representation for any interview that's conducted by by the police or indeed by by other agencies, if appropriate. Okay, and I mean the paperwork side is quite—I imagine—could be quite important in terms of making sure everyone knows what's going on, but also could be quite quite daunting might not be the first thing that, that members think of how how complex is it what what forms do they need to fill in is there any are there any peculiar characteristics of the form that might sort of trip up people who haven't seen them before no, I mean, it's there's, there's paperwork that's provided by by the union that we don't get involved in in completing. But obviously, I know the union are there to to support in that as necessary. We send forms, data protection forms out, uh, but they're very very basic forms to fill in initially. If the matter proceeded further, so if it went to court, then we do end up with more forms to fill in, such as legal aid forms. But myself and my colleagues are always on hand to to provide support with filling those in. I always see the whole process, no matter where we are, as very much a two-way process. And if people don't know the answers, then then ask us and and we're always there to assist. Right. So I imagine there must be some occasions where with the best will in the world, there's a bit of a delay between uh, between Thompson's being alerted and you or one of your colleagues being able to get to the place where the interview's taking place. And members may, it may be kind of suggested to them, they may be feel that they're under some pressure to use a duty solicitor. Is that is that a, a risk? Does that happen often or or usually tied? Yeah, we, we can come across that. I mean, sometimes, I mean, so say, obviously if it's a voluntary interview, then it, it's not an issue because we can speak to the police and we can arrange an interview at a time that suits the member, that suits everybody, and everybody turns up at the pre-designated time and the interview takes place that way. Obviously, in arrest, then we're dealing with it as soon as it happens. We do have a network of accredited police station agents and solicitors, so if we can't personally attend, we can always get somebody there. Obviously, say, for example, I'm in court in in Birmingham and somebody's arrested in Stoke-on-Trent. That's how we would deal with that situation. So there shouldn't be an undue delay. Um, We communicate that to the police. But if the police do start suggesting to use a duty solicitor, my advice is is to simply say that, no, we want to wait for, for the Thompson solicitor to attend. As I say, the Thompsons can attend quickly. And often when a person's arrested, the police aren't ready to interview straight away anyway. They're arrested, but they're still carrying out inquiries. So while they're doing that, that's when we get somebody there to, to the police station. Obviously, duty solicitors have the, the qualifications. I'm not trying to downplay their role, but they don't have the, the, the links with the union and therefore understand the, the employment links, which I think is, is really important. The sooner Thompsons get involved, the better, really. And is it fair to say that, that most cases, 
in most cases, the interview is not particularly long and actually the matter doesn't go any further. Absolutely. I think there's a statistic that around 94% of Thompson's cases don't proceed to court, so it is no further actioned. I can't say how long an interview is going to be. It is a little bit how long's a piece of string. Some are very short, some are longer. Um, it depends what the police officers are like, and it depends what the member has to say as well. I, and obviously, some some interviews and assault allegation might take less. To, well, it will take less time than a, a gross negligence manslaughter allegation, which might have expert evidence or would be more complex. But but certainly, yeah, interviews can take. You know, they can be as short as thirty minutes, or they they can be longer. But we're there to support through the, the process. We'll get disclosure before the interview starts. So the police will tell us what's been said and who said it. And we then get to discuss that with the member in private. And only then do we actually go into the interview. So there's a, there's a process at, at the police station stage. So you run through what happens when people are likely to be arrested, what happens when they're arrested, the services and the support that Thompson's provide. If we put ourselves in the shoes of a prison officer who's not a member of the union, doesn't yeah. have access to the union's legal services, actually, that, that that's a very exposed position, I guess, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, prison officers are in an incredibly exposed position, full stop. I mean, it's very easy for a prisoner to make an allegation. And obviously, that then has to be investigated and go through the process. As I say, prison officers are regularly asked to attend for a police interview. And if they um, attended the interview either without a solicitor or, or with somebody who didn't perhaps have the knowledge of, of the job and the, the employment links, they'd be attending um potentially come to go straight into the interview. I talked about the process with disclosure, where we get information beforehand. If they attended themselves, for example, uh, because they weren't a union member and didn't realise, then they'd be thrown straight into the interview. So there'd be no understanding beforehand of what's been said, no viewing of CCTV, things like that, which we would get beforehand. There'd be the risk, as I say, of somebody not understanding, for example, control and restraint techniques, because they they haven't got that, the solicitor hasn't got that background. And obviously we've had, uh, we work closely with the POA, so we do understand the, the control and restraint techniques and things like that. And certainly when it, if, if it proceeded, and I say if, because I say many don't proceed, if it proceeded to the, the court stage, that's where a non-POA member would find themselves probably having to fund a case themselves, certainly at the magistrate's court, because they probably wouldn't get legal aid um, because of their, their income, whereas the union would potentially support it at, at that stage, case-by-case um, -case basis, but certainly that's potentially there. So, yeah, absolutely huge, huge potential implications of, of not being in the union. Yeah, and it, it's, worth, it's worth remembering that statistic, 94% of cases where POA members are represented by Thompsons at interviews under caution do not go to trial. I mean, the value of POA membership there is is really clear. Absolutely, yeah. Are there particular cases that that you would you've dealt with that would make good illustrations of of the services that Thompsons provide? Criminal solicitor, no two days are ever the same. It's certainly not a not a dull moment. Yeah, I mean, we just say we we literally have have covered the the, the spectrum of cases. I think it's. I think one of the things that's that's really interesting is the control and restraint. We do deal with a lot of assault cases, um, and I've dealt with allegations from the lowest form of assault, so common assault, 
through to ABH, so actual bodily harm allegations, right up to GBH allegations. I mean, from, from a personal point of view, I talked about the control and restraint. I um, actually went on training and did this for about 14 years now, and it was a few years ago, I went to uh, Strange Ways and uh, took part in some PRA control and restraint training. So I do actually understand a little bit. I'm not saying I was uh, any good at it, but I <laughs> gave it a go. Um, so I do understand sort of ha- how you can go hands-on effectively when, when needed. And in those type of cases, we've got experts we can use to call on. So if we're saying, well, is that reasonable in the circumstances? We have independent experts in control and restraint who can who can look at those, for example. So I think the, the assault cases are, are always... Always, inter- always interesting cases to have. Misconduct in a public office, they're very wide allegations. It, it's common law, so it's not based on acts um, and statute. It's actually based on, on cases and on cases that have evolved. So those cases will always go to the Crown Court. Uh, and, and that can be cases such as, say, taking phones in and out of, uh, of prisons, for example. And yes, yeah, so there's, there's, there's just a, a huge spectrum. I don't think you can. It's a non-exhaustive list. I would always say of the of the kind of cases that that, that we deal with. Right. Well, I mean, I think I think you know, PO members are are, are fortunate to have legal ex- experts who are sufficiently committed to actually go on the training course and, <laughs> and to actually you know see, hear, and feel for themselves exactly what the members have to go through. I think that's an incredibly I mean, valuable. Hearing about it, I mean, certainly, I mean, I've you know been to to various of the uh, you know, presentations, conventions, and so on, and it's uh, yeah, I mean, some of the things that you, you hear that prison officers have to to deal with potting and things like that. It's it's an incredibly difficult environment, and I think that really helps me understanding the wider issues. You know, when I rather than just seeing the, the CCTV or, or whatever it might be, which is a tiny snapshot, you do need to understand absolutely the wider context to to run the case. And I think that then helps us present it to to the police, present it to magistrates, present it to the jury wherever it might it might end up well, that's trem- tremendously valuable emma it's been lovely to talk to you thank you very much indeed for sharing your insights and your your, your expertise about about this area of the legal services that poa members enjoy that that telephone number uh that, um that, yeah that, i i so say the first thing is always to ask for for, for thompson's if if need be but the telephone so if you don't have the telephone number the number for voluntary injury and so on is 0800 587-7530. Great. So that's the, that's the number. If you're not a POA member and you try and use that, that number, don't bother because it, it's checked <laughs> against the POA membership database. So if you're not a member, it won't get you anywhere. It does. But, it, uh, it, it is always checked. And uh, yeah, as I say, the union membership, all I can say is it's absolutely invaluable. It's a brilliant union and, and yeah, just so important to be a member. Great. Thank you very much indeed, Emma. The message is clear. Arrest is not as rare an event as we might hope or want. But if it happens to you, as a POA member, you need the support of your union and the legal services it provides. This is a key way in which the union is working hard to make sure the workplace challenges faced by members are understood and wherever possible controlled and that members get the support they need when they need it. Truly, though, The union is only as strong as its members, and the more members the union has, the louder and stronger the union's voice. So if you're listening to this and haven't signed up, 
speak to your local POA rep or head over to poauk.org.uk to find out how to join and all the information you need about the union and its legal services and everything else that it does on behalf of members. Thank you to Emma for joining us on this episode. Thank you for listening. We hope you like what you've heard and will join us for the next episode of the POA podcast. Thanks and goodbye. (laughs) 